I love this band so much. They are amazing. Like, amazing. In 2006, I moved to Oak Park. At the time, I was a single mom. I had two kids. They were uh, eight and six. And I moved there because a friend of mine, a guy named Prexy Nesbitt, lived there. He had um, the old Oak Park Ballet Theater that had been turned into a three-flat. And I met Prexy at the Harold Washington Cultural Center when Hugh Masekela, a South African trumpeter, was in town. And instantly, Prexy and I had a connection. We had a shared value of multiculturalism. We had a shared value of sacred activism. We had a shared value of world music. And there was an instant affinity. And so we kept in touch. And when I was looking for a place to move, he said, come move into my, my, my building. Praxi lives on the second floor of the three flat. It's a duplex up. And when you go into Praxi's house, it's like navigating through stacks of books. Praxi Nesbitt grew up on the west side of Chicago. He went to Francis Parker School. He then went on to Antioch College. He then went to Northwestern and did his PhD later at Columbia University. He was a special assistant for Mayor Harold Washington. He uh, worked for the president of Mozambique in special situations, and he was a personal friend of Nelson Mandela. So you can imagine what going into this man's home is like. I mean, there are like artifacts all over. And there was a value that he had in the building, not that he imposed on anyone, but it was just who he was. His friend Ted, who was 98, lived below me. So I had Prexy above me, and I had 98-year-old Ted below me. And Ted was equally as brilliant. And so in this building was an experience of community. It was a small, little community, but there were shared values, and we knew that if one needed the other, you could be counted on. What I didn't know when I moved into that building was that I was moving into Ascension Parish in Oak Park. Ascension Catholic Church was founded in 1907. I was raised... Irish Catholic. My mom's the oldest of nine kids. I'm the oldest of 24 grandchildren. And I was very familiar with the cultural underpinnings of the Irish Catholic humor, the Irish Catholic sarcasm, the Irish Catholic drinking habits. I felt at home on that block. Nathan and I ended up buying a house across the street from Prexy's building. When Prexy said he couldn't renew our lease because his cousin was moving in from New York, Lauren, my now 17-year-old, said, well, that's fine, but we're not leaving the block. <laughs> All right? So ever since then, we have called Lauren our mighty manifester. That year, she made a vision board, and on there it had a serious yacht, it had a pink iPod, 
And she got all of those things. My mom took us on an Eastern Caribbean cruise that year, and she did get her pink iPod, and we didn't leave the block. It was a good year for her. So on our block, this Irish Catholic old barrio of sorts, the houses used to be filled. The smallest family on the house or on the block had six children. So all these houses had seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven children. We have seven people living in our house, and most people think we're crazy. At one point, there were ten kids that lived in our house. Our block has a value of community. It has a value of family. It has a value of fun. It has a value of adult beverages. And it has a value of loud, loud Irish Catholic people. And while it's not my religious tradition that I subscribe to, I still feel at home there. And so I'm fascinated by this idea of community. I'm fascinated by this idea of values. And I'm fascinated by this idea of culture. So I want to share with you three descriptions of those three words. Community is a feeling of fellowship with others, as a result of sharing common attitudes, interests, and goals. A value is a person's principles or one's concept of what is important in life. And a culture is the set of shared attitudes, values, goals, and practices that characterizes an institution or an organization. So today, my objective is to bring us to conscious awareness to intimacy and belonging and what that looks like in community. We've gone through a number of weeks in our month on intimacy, the final frontier. We've talked about intimacy with the God of our being. We've talked about intimacy with ourselves. We've talked about intimacy with another. And I want to talk about intimacy in community. Ernest Holmes writes in The Hidden Power of the Bible... The whole purpose of this teaching, and when, I, when he says this teaching, I read that as universal spiritual principle. The whole purpose of this teaching is to reconcile the apparent separation of the spiritual world, which must be perfect, with the material world, which appears imperfect. Man's experience is the logical outcome of his inner vision. His horizon is limited to the confines of his own consciousness. His horizon is limited to the confines of his own consciousness. So if we each are limited to the confines of our own consciousness, then the value of coming together as community is that I get to tap into your consciousness, and it is my portal for expansion. Because we say all the time, there's nothing that we teach here that you cannot get at home in a book or on the internet. So why would we come together? What's the value of coming together? Because who I know myself to be mirrored in and through you is expanded. Who I know myself to be when I rub up against you and you make me crazy is expanded. And that inevitably happens in community. So the invitation to explore sacred circles 
It's something that we offer here, and we don't do a good enough job sharing that it exists. But the reason it's important is because we rub up against each other, and we are blessed by those experiences when they are challenging and when they are graceful. So as we explore this time of intimacy, I invite you to consider what your values are and how you're getting those met. I get my multiculturalism value in my relationship with Prexy and in a whole domain there. And it's something that I look forward to marrying more and more here. I get an experience of family and a value of family on my block, and it's beautiful. But the value that I get here with you guys is the remembering that there is only one and that no matter how often I forget over and over and over again, you're here so that I can remember that there is one power and presence and it shows up in individualized manifestations. That's not, that is not the conversation I have on my block. It's not the conversation I have in Prexy's house. It's the conversation I get to have here. And I'm going to tell you, Sundays alone are not enough. We have a responsibility to build the beloved community. We've declared that, and we show up in that agreement. And if we're not doing more in our engagement around that value than getting a quick hit on Sunday morning, we're cheapening our work and we're cheapening our contribution to the greater good. Sacred circles give us a mechanism, and maybe sacred circles aren't for you, but I just want us to be intimately related to why we say yes to this community. Because there's something very powerful that happens when a group comes together. Intimacy and belonging is compromised when you go over about 12 people. So if you go to a dinner party, you'll notice people gather in smaller groups. You can't experience, by and large, you, ha- you can't experience intimacy and belonging on a Sunday morning. You experience many wonderful things. It's just that intimacy and belonging aren't that. Maslow said that love and belonging are absolutely critical to thriving as a human being. We're a community that, by and large, sits in self-actualization. And so our work is to make sure that we're even expanding ourselves in the domain of self-actualization. Otherwise, it becomes this. I'm so interesting. Do you think I'm interesting? Maybe if I pulled off this, I could be even more interesting. But that's not actually that interesting. So sacred circles are another vehicle, like our classes, like sacred service, to rub up against each other and figure out what more is there to be revealed. In the Christian Bible, it is said in Matthew 12, every kingdom which is divided against itself will be destroyed, and every house or city that is divided against itself will not stand. Either make the tree good, and his fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt, and his fruit corrupt. 
for the tree is known by his fruit. We are the fruit. So who we are being in the world, how we are practicing the realization of oneness is indicative of if the tree is good or if it is corrupt. And that is exciting. You guys look very serious. My invitation is that you really look at how you're experiencing intimacy and belonging specifically as it relates to this idea of oneness. So I had an idea that um, I can't have these exact conversations on my block, but I get lots of other good from that. And Friday night, we have, there, there's a, one of our neighbors has an annual birthday party. It's called the annual non-surprise birthday party. I don't know. It's named the same thing every year. And it's a lot of fun, but it's not the same kind of fun that I enjoy having anymore. Um, But we go because this value of community and family on our block is important to us. So we went in the spirit of that. And I tend to enjoy hanging out with the old timers on the block. They always have amazing stories. So there was a group of um, Irish Catholic men in a circle, and I went up, and they said, Lola, how are you? And I said, I'm great. And they said, what are you up to these days? And I said, well, I'm an ordained minister now. And they're like, really? (laughs) And one of them was like, 1950s Catholic next to me. And I'm like, it's fine, Jerry. It's totally fine. And so we were talking, and they wanted to know more. And I was sharing with them this idea of intimacy and belonging. And I was sharing with them our monthly theme. And I said, for example, in this conversation, we're actually having an experience of intimacy. Because we could be talking about the weather, but we're not. And so one of them jumps up, and he says, I have to get you something. I have to get you something. And he runs across the street, and he grabs a book by Alice Taylor. Do you know who Alice Taylor is? She is an Irish author. And I thought, how perfect that I have been immersed in the Irish people this weekend. Because for those of you that don't know, the country of Ireland became the first country to pass same-sex marriage by a popular vote. That's a big deal. So I was sitting, and and by a significant margin. So I just want to say, I told the band this morning, I'm feeling very proud of my Irish Catholic people today. (laughs) So Jerry ran across the street, and he grabbed this book by Alice Taylor. And he said, in this book, you'll, you'll hear and you'll learn what I believe. It was clear that Jerry didn't want me to think that he was of the old guard. And so he gave me this poem, and I'd like to share it with you. It's called Back to Simplicity. Oh, clergymen, all dressed in black, what a mighty church is at your back. We are taught that by your hand, we must be led to our promised land. Jesus is locked in your institutions of ancient laws and resolutions. 
buried so deep and out of sight that sometimes we cannot see the light. Behind huge walls that cost so much where simple things are out of touch. But could it be he is not within? These walls so thick with love so thin? Does he walk on distant hills where long ago he cured all ills? Is he gone out to open places, to simple people, all creeds, all races? Is Jesus gone from off the altar catching fish down by the water? Is he with the birds and trees gathering honey from the bees? Could it be in this simple way that God meant man to kneel and pray? And I was so touched by that. And I was so touched by his need to run across the street and get a coffee for me. And to me, what this says, I, I kept saying to Nathan, can we read the last two lines again? I, I'm, I'm getting it all, but I'm not getting the last two lines. Could it be in this simple way that God meant man to kneel and pray? And I've sat with that since Friday night. And to me, that's what our sacred circles are. They're not about the music. They're not about the hype. And I love the hype. Let me tell you. But there is something so intimate and profound and beautiful when you come together in a small and sacred group of people that are committed to the single cause of oneness. Something profound happens. Nathan and I had a sacred circle that met in our house for a number of years. John and Sherry Turner were in that sacred, sacred circle. Terry Rashbrook was in that sacred circle. Marsha Craig started out in that sacred circle. And while we don't see John and Sherry all that often, those people that were in that group, we know have a piece of our heart with them and a piece of their heart with ours because we have shared beautiful and sacred space. So this is a sort of a long pitch on <laughs> sacred circles. And some of you might be resisting that, Bonnie. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. And again, my, my, you know, sacred circles may not be for you, but where might you expand your experience of intimacy and belonging in this community? Because your participation here matters. Whether it is stretching your giving muscle, whether it is stretching your idea of a limited sense of time through sacred service, or whether it is stretching your willingness to share yourself intimately and deeply with those you do not yet know. Something mystical happens when that occurs. So, the number 12 in biblical numerology, I'm going to pull a little Carlton Pearson on you. The number 12, which is what we are approaching, our birth, we are in our 12th year, is divine order. It is divine government. It is spiritual authority. And that's what we're calling forward. We have set an intention as a community to call forward divine order. 
And part of that is our willingness to be authentic. Part of that is our willingness to be vulnerable. Part of that is our willingness to meet in intimacy. So I hope that you will consider joining me and joining your community in that practice upcoming. Thank you. All right. So I'm going to ask our licensed spiritual practitioners to come forward. We're going to do a practice in prayer. And if you have not um, experienced prayer here before, know that this practice is just about receiving. Receiving an intimate encounter with a spiritual warrior that stands before you. There's nothing that you need to do. You do not need to make a request. They're going to speak a prayer for you on the notion of oneness. And specifically, I'm requesting that you guys speak a prayer on the intimate relationship with the God of one's being, themselves, and the other. And so no story is needed. All you need to do is share your name, and we will start in prayer together. For those of you that are not going to take advantage of this opportunity, know that your consciousness in holding a space of stillness and of intimacy with this profound group is very, very valuable. All right, so let us take a deep breath. It is here that I stand in the infinite nature of the divine. It is here that I meet in the high altar of consciousness. It is here that I recognize the divine power and presence, the source of all life, the infinite and eternal love, the perfect power and presence that is who and what I am. I am one with this eternal presence. I am one with the infinite life of good, for it resides at the very center of my being. This eternal and infinite presence moves and breathes and has its way in and as my life. And so it is from this place of oneness that I allow the expanded presence to reveal itself in each of us. I invite that forward that there is an indwelling presence that is located at the center of our being that is so seeking to expand and reveal itself more and more. And so it is in this high and holy space and in this intimate moment that I invite anyone to come forward and embark on an intimate encounter with a beloved community member. Allow your heart to be expanded. Allow your spirit to be connected.
How good it is to know that the infinite life of good, the one power and presence that courses through all life is here and now. I absolutely know and affirm that the expansive presence of love is revealing itself more and more and more and more and more. I know that the indwelling presence and the infinite spirit that is at the center of our being is knocking on the door of our heart here and now. Here we stand spiritually naked before the infinite life that indwells us. The presence of you Infinite love and gratitude I'm grateful for all that you do As you let your soul come shining through Every little part of you Seeks a little light in you Find the love it's there Everywhere surrounding us in time. Let your heart feel sublime, So it is here and now that we allow our whole selves to be revealed. We allow our powerful and authentic, vulnerable nature to come forward and be celebrated. We lay down any idea that something is wrong, something is less attractive, something is broken. And we know that the infinite life of joy is here now revealing itself. We embrace our whole self. So very grateful for the fulfillment of this prayer. So very grateful for the knowing that there is only one life. It is the life of God. It courses through each and every one of us. And releasing this word into the action of the law, I say, and so it is.